the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Always a pleasure to welcome to the show, as we do every Thursday at noon, Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio. Follow Matt on Twitter at Ohio Matt and read his Substack, which we'll get into his latest Substack, the Patriot Mind newsletter. Search that on Substack under his name, Matt Mayer, and you will find it. And Matt, welcome to the show today. And we have a uh, Honda plant, battery plant with LG uh, rumored coming. I think it is more than rumored from the people that I talk to. Probably somewhere in the uh, I seventy one corridor, perhaps south of Columbus. Your thoughts, because you have uh, posted a lot, and you even have a story today. Uh, on your Twitter about business in Ohio. Good thing, bad thing? Are they getting the job done, or is there something missing from this? Well, look, it's always good for us to get more manufacturing and more jobs coming our way, right? So it, this is a good thing. The 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 but, because there's always a but, mm-hmm. uh, is one, it sounds like it's yet another central Ohio, greater Columbus area job boon, which doesn't help the you know other 82 counties that are, again, out of sight of Cincinnati, Columbus, are, are struggling mightily and dying on the vine. So it'd be great if Jobs Ohio and, you know, DeWine Houston could actually get a big, big facility outside of the greater Columbus area so that the rest of Ohio can benefit from it. Um, and two, longer term, I'm getting real nervous with all these EV battery plants that are popping up. Uh, You know, Ford's going to put one in Ohio, but then there's another one coming uh, in another state that just got announced. Toyota just announced another one. Um, But they're building these things everywhere. And here's the problem, Bruce. One, the environmental movement is going to start to have to realize that electric vehicles have an enormous damage on the environment. The battery takes so much, so much special rare earth metals and to move the amount of mining that has to occur to come up with enough enough uh, material for one battery is about half a million pounds of soil so you do the math on that right so one we're going to do a mass environmental destruction for electric batteries and our environment is going to figure that out soon and that's there's going to be a backlash so i'd be careful on how those plants are are they going to actually materialize are they going to create the number of jobs no matter where those plants are because again i think that the electric vehicle movement is going to start to see a a decline given the damage it's going to do and of course that damage is always in places like south america africa china never in america right so that's going to happen too i think you have to you have to just wrestle with the the issue of does this embolden china who has a huge corner right now on the rare metals that go into evs so you know are we essentially going to strengthen china uh, in, in the longer term kind of foreign policy geopolitical sphere by pushing more and more to environmental uh, electric green stuff that, that doesn't, isn't economically smart for America, but also uh, from a defense and national security standpoint may not be smart. 
Yeah, there are many issues to look at with that. What are you going to do with the batteries to dispose of them when they wear out? If you buy an electric car, it's like ten to twelve grand, maybe more, to get another battery for the car when the first battery wears out. Uh, the carbon footprint when you dig that much dirt on and on and on and on, it's never ending. But humongous, yeah, never yeah. ending. So uh, you have written. This is Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio with us on your Substack, your latest post is entitled, My Problem with the Pro-Abortion Movement. Uh, so I have many problems with them. I'm sure you do, too. Give us the Cliff's Notes version of uh, what you're referring to in the instance of this particular Substack post. Yeah, look, here's my problem, right? Is, is you know, fundamentally, the pro-abortion movement ignores science. And, and Bruce, look, we define death by the presence of a heartbeat and brainwave activity, right? Then we have to define life in the same way. And that happens at about eight weeks in terms of, of a fertilized egg, right, which we call, right, the, the embryo becomes essentially eight weeks or so you see brainwave heartbeat. At that point, it's life as we know it. And, and so to me, they ignore the science when they say, oh, let's, let's go beyond that framework and start you know, essentially extinguishing life, killing, right? Yep. And, and, and there's no reasonable conversation that you can occur because for them, it's this whole zealotry uh, after eight weeks to kind of go after what, again, no doctor on earth can say that that baby doesn't think, feel, emote, dream, experience the same way you or I do, right? And the only thing that it needs is its, its mother, right? And, and guess what? The same thing that a day-old baby needs is its parent or a caregiver because it can't survive outside the womb no more than the baby inside the womb can survive it after eight weeks. And so that that's my problem is is you know they they like to paint the pro life movement as the as this zealous group of people, and if you think about it, the pro life movement's really focused on that kind of fertilization to eight week moment. We're right? focused so, on the baby. The pro life movement is right. focused on the right. baby. Right. In, in the thing that's that the bother is bothersome is the pro abortion movement thinks that it's zealous to focus on zero, you know fertilization to eight weeks while they're focused on killing life from eight weeks to 40 weeks, which, which is the more zealous position in a reasonable scientific-based analysis. And to me, it's, right, it's the pro-abortion movement is just off the rocker, and if they just got reasonable, we could have a conversation about things like rape, incest, right, health of the mother, uh, that, that balance these things in the right way, but they just don't want to. So it, it becomes this, you know, zealous pro-abortion, you know, partial birth abortion, Let's let's have babies born that we didn't leave there to die. Stuff that's just horrific and barbaric, and it amazes me that we still have that in America today. Yeah, Matt Mayer's our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow him on Twitter, at OhioMatt. And you're right, uh, the pro-abortion movement is focused exclusively on the woman, her the inconvenience of having a child, whatever, women's health care, women's rights. The argument's always phrased about the woman. The pro-life movement is always looking at the baby and the pro-abortion right. movement totally ignores that. It's one of the many issues we have in our society that are polarizing. And with the student loan forgiveness, we got another one. And we'll get to that momentarily. But speaking of the polarization in our society, uh, I don't know if your dad used to lecture you. There were three levels of punishment in my home. There was lecture, uh, there was grounding, and then there was corporal punishment. So lecture wasn't uh, looked forward to by the boys, but it was preferable <laughs> the other two. I need to speak to us tonight. Are you going to watch, and will you be uh, suitably uh, scolded and get yourself in line, Matt Mayer? Uh, you know, I won't waste my precious time listening to Joe Biden lecture me about how I am a national security threat 
because I believe in the Constitution and I believe that the media is biased and I believe that, you know, we should have free and fair elections that, you know, you don't have the you know FBI getting involved and the media getting involved and, you know, suppressing stuff that's bad for them and, you know, pushing false stuff that, that hits our side. So, yeah, I don't waste my time on Joe Biden. I may read, read a transcript just to see what he says. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't, I can't, uh, in good conscience, waste my my time uh, on that. Well, if you want to feel good, maybe you should go back to school, Matt, because my favorite story of the day is this story in the dispatch about the construction of a new dorm at Ohio State. It'll house 885 students, and according to the story, the complex will include a coffee shop, gym with an indoor outdoor fitness area, a third story pool with a jumbotron screen, lounge and view of Ohio Stadium. And a top-floor yoga and meditation studio. There will also be a restaurant with a patio that will occupy part of the first floor. Your thoughts on this in light of the uh, student loan forgiveness uh, conversation that we are having these days? It sounds like an all-inclusive resort in the Bahamas that (laughs) I'd love to go to. Um, So why would you ever... And you can stay four years. Matt, you can stay four years. You can stay eight years if you want to. So this is what happens when, right, we, we have, you know, federal student loans that, that essentially remove any onus on the universities to keep prices in check because students get more and more money. So that drives up the price. This happens when we're going to forgive loans now and say, you know what, even if you did, we don't care because the university got their, their pound of flesh. So they don't care. So this is what happens. And, you know, Ohio State is like an 800-pound gorilla. They build all this stuff. You know, they're, they're building these hospitals all over the place that are crowding out other doctors' practices, and, and, you know, and nobody can compete from a, uh, you know, a private practice cannot compete with the pay scale that Ohio State pay, pays. So they're stealing all these nurses and, and doctors out of private practices. And it's just becoming this massive machine that's funded largely by Medicare, Medicaid, thanks John Kasich with expanding that, and, you know, federal, federal student loan, loans that are coming in uh, that pay 50,000 kids a year to be at Ohio State. So you're saying that it's funded, the Ohio State rampant expansion, construction, it's funded by uh, grants, taxpayers, which is us. So we are funding it, and we are you know powerless to do anything about it. And if we protest it, we are semi-fascists, and we are the problem. Indeed, you know, because again, Ohio State can do no wrong. But you know, look, the biggest complex they're building over there is in addition to a medical center, right? It's because Medicare and Medicaid is just driving dollars into the mouth of that university. So I often wonder: Are there more people in hospital beds in an Ohio State labeled facility, or are there more students? Because that should become a problem if there are more people in hospital beds than there are kids in classrooms. Matt Mayer, our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. Great content. Read his substack, The Patriot Mind. Search it by The Patriot Mind substack. Matt Mayer, you will find it. Always great to have you on the show, Matt. I appreciate your time, appreciate your perspective, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, it's interesting. I posted that story about Ohio State's opulent new student dorm on my social media, and I received this from a listener. My bigger concern about OSU is crime. College kids should not be walking around campus in fear of being held up at gunpoint for their phones. Yeah, that would be nice if they spent a little money on that. But acknowledging crime does not help attract students like a yoga studio. (laughs) 
Well, the numbers are coming in on voter registration in the state of Ohio, and the numbers are, from my perspective, a little concerning. Women in Ohio are apparently signing up to vote at what some assess as a jaw-dropping increase. They have out-registered men to vote by at least 8%. This, of course, is being credited to the heartbeat bills enforcement in the state of Ohio since the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And apparently there are more women in the state of Ohio who cannot wait to kill their baby than I anticipated. I thought maybe after the dust settled on the hullabaloo around the Dobbs decision from the court, uh, thus giving abortion decisions back to the voters of the states, that women would recognize that, um, hey, it's better to have an entire voting block decide Roe versus Wade than it is to have nine unelected Supreme Court justices decide it for the whole entire land. And I think it is better, but I anticipated that the availability of abortions in adjacent states, the preponderance of companies that will pay your way to get an abortion so that you don't have to go on maternity leave. You might miss a weekend, but you won't miss weeks and weeks of work because, what do you know? I had a child, and it's the most awesome experience of my life to see my characteristics physically, mentally reflected in this little baby that is entirely dependent upon me. It's life-changing. Yeah, companies would like for you not to experience that so you could be back to work on Monday. So I thought that women would realize that, you know, their availability to get an abortion was not really restricted that much by the overturn of Roe versus Wade. But, hey, credit the left. They've done a really good job making people think, making women think, that, uh, well, they took that away from you. What else are they going to take away from you? They're going to take birth control away from you? They're going to keep gay people from being married? So like everything driven by Democrats. It is driven by, what, hysteria, fear, and by misportraying what is actually the law or what actually will happen with some kind of uh, doomsday scenario that they concoct. Now, in Ohio, you don't register according to male or female. So I'm a little curious how they know that in Ohio, 8% more women are registering than men. But apparently there are... um, other databases that they cross-reference you with. Once you register, they find out, okay, where do they shop? What websites do they visit? And this is how they come to the conclusion that 8% more women are registered in Ohio than men. I would think this is probably true in a place like Cleveland, where you know you have so many Democrats that the message, and, and this includes in the media, which of course I think you probably know, uh, there's no chance of the actual truth being aired in that market or being understood in that market. So how will this play out in the, I think the Senate race is the one that I'm most concerned about with J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, because Tim Ryan has been loath to admit that he is for abortion without restriction, without restriction. He's absolutely, positively not going to take a position that he formerly held, by the way, was a pro-life position, but this was back when Democrats were allowed to be pro-life. Now, of course, Democrats are not allowed to be pro-life. If you can name me 
one. Can't name me one in Ohio. You can maybe name me one or two nationally. Uh, but they are quickly going out of style because the Democratic National Committee is just not going to give money to a candidate, not for particularly for a position of great import like a U.S. Senate seat. They're not going to give money to anyone who would be pro-life. There are plenty other of op- plenty of other options for them to give money to. So this is why when Tim Ryan is asked about abortion, whether it's on a national show or whether it's by some kid who walks up to him in a parking lot, he does his absolute best to just clam up, shut up, walk away, not answer the question. Of course, when you're under the hot Klieg lights of CNN, it's a little bit more difficult for Tim Ryan to run and hide. So he has to, uh, well, he has to go into uh, the four corners offense and stall and ham and haul and not really say much of anything that he could ever be held accountable for. What restrictions, if any, do you believe there should be on abortion? Well, ultimately, this needs to be a decision between the woman and her doctor. And, of course, we don't support abortion at the end of term unless, of course, there is an extraordinary circumstance where, you know, you're eight. Well, what happened, Tim? Tim cut out on me. We've been having some computer glitches here, so I don't, I don't know what happened to Tim. But you heard how long he paused at the beginning of that. Oh, boy. And the mental wheels are turning and the little men in his head are going, oh, man. Dana Bash asked you an abortion question. How am I going to look good here? How am I going to look good? Do I support any restrictions on abortion? If I say yes, oh, man, I'm going to hear from Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to hear from Chuck Schumer. I'm going to hear from Joe Biden. I'm going to hear from Karine Jean-Pierre. I'm going to hear from everybody. But if I say no... Well, then J.D. Vance is going to club me over the head with that when I have a debate with him on October the 12th. So I know what I'll do. I'll say it's between a woman and her doctor. Because who would want to get between a woman and her doctor? And Matt Mayer is right. Matt joined us top of the hour. The pro-abortion movement ignores the baby in all their conversations. The baby is never mentioned. You're not allowed to say it's a baby. It's a clump of cells. It's... Uh, a fetus. They'll call it anything but a baby. And so this will be interesting to see how effectively Tim Ryan can run from this, or if he doesn't want to run with it and run from it anymore because he sees, you know what, this might be a place where I can curry some favor. I thought I had to imitate a Republican. Talking about trade and talking about tax cuts and talking about things I never talked about in a twenty year career in this in the Congress. I thought if I impersonated Rob Portman, maybe I could get to be Rob Portman's successor. Well, now there's at least the temptation for Tim Ryan to be authentic on abortion. And then we'll see how it is, because I do not believe in my heart of hearts, no matter what the registration numbers say, I do not believe that the will of the people of the state of Ohio is for unfettered access to abortion. And at this point, that's kind of your choice, because a lot of times the heartbeat can't be detected or isn't detected. The mom's not aware that the heartbeat can be detected, but the mom's just not aware they're pregnant, so they don't even go to look. And by the time they find out they are, in Ohio, you can't get an abortion. Love it. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.